tonight we're continuing to talk about, we're in the series talking about um, our lived theology. And uh, just this, this whole theme has really, really come alive for me um, uh, in this, you know, this last probably couple of months of, of how we, we've got all this understanding of God. We've got all these thoughts about God. But um, they're, they're pointless if we don't actually apply them to our lives and actually live our understanding of God. If, if the actual things that we intellectualize and can think about, if they just stay in our head, then it's, that's, that's no good. We need to actually learn what it means to, to live out the very ideas that God has placed in front of us. And um, it's, it's beautiful to study and, and understand doctrine, but um, I think it's even more so beautiful to actually live it out uh, and um it's been cool to kind of go into this and think about um this and uh, over the last couple of weeks Taylor and i and our family we've been away on a holiday which has been very nice very refreshing um and uh, i read a book during this time um called running with the horses beautiful beautiful book by eugene hip peterson uh really yeah it's, a, it's an amazing book um uh, and there's this phrase that he he has mentioned in this book and it's just really stood out for me uh, and he says we need to be artists of the everyday artists of the everyday and how in this this theme of what we're called to is as we trying to live our, out our understanding of God live our theology is we need to actually learn, learn what it means to be artists of our everyday and for me um, I preached to youth last night I got to go to our youth conference and so I was a little bit more hypey for them a bit more <laughs> pacing around, uh, <clears throat> um, telling youth stories, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but um, I, I mentioned this phrase um, uh, and I talked about how we're called to um, have an art of surrender. And it, for me, this art of the everyday is, is, is amazing, but it, 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 for me, it's turned into this, this thought of the art of surrender. And the arts is, is something that we kind of contribute to every day. We push into it every day, but it's, we're called to a place of surrender every day. It's like this everyday surrender, constantly trying to learn what that means for us. An everyday surrender. And every day we don't get everything right. Every day we don't you know, feel like we're on the top of the world. But um, we can live a, a surrendered way. We can actually continue to just come to God, whether we're feeling amazing or not. Um, and just present ourselves to him. Yeah. Learn what it means to truly live his way. And so tonight I'm talking about sanctification. This uh, theological idea um, of sanctification. Uh, which, um, yeah, is if, if we think, because uh, last week, over, or last service over Zoom, which I know probably wasn't um, you know, <laughs> the most amazing thing. Who wants to do church over Zoom? Oh. But we had to, had to do it. Um, uh, we talked about justification. Uh, and so if the idea of justica- justification is that uh, we're freed from the guilt and sin and condemnation. We're freed from those things. But sanctification is the process that we begin to actually be free from the power of sin um, and its rule on our, in our everyday life. This is what sanctification means as we are continually cleansed. The sanctification comes from the priestly term of cleansing, that they would be cleansed in, in water, they'd be washed, there'd be certain rituals that they would take uh, to cleanse themselves, um, to be able to come before God. And there's this cleansing. In the Old Testament, it was this physical ritual thing, but, but um, continual, um, God wanted them to actually cleanse their hearts. He was always wanting, he was, they, he was more interested in their hearts being cleansed. And what Jesus brought is he brought this, this whole revolution, this 
this way of, of seeing God and not actually just in this ritual, kind of physical ritual, but this cleansing of our hearts. And sanctification is that process that we continually let God cleanse us and change us, transform who we are. And um, so we're going to kind of look and explore this idea of sanctification and how we can live it out in our everyday life. And we're going to kind of go through the book of um, First Thessalonians. Uh, if you haven't read First Thessalonians, it's pretty easy. It's, it's only a, a few pages um, very easy to read. <clears throat> it's one of Paul's first. I think it's kind of um, very well known. It's like it's uh, it's one of Paul's first letters that we have um, that he wrote. Uh, and um, yeah, it's written to uh, the church in uh, Thessal- Thessalonica. Thessalonica. That's how we say it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so Paul went to uh, Thessalonica. Uh, from on his first missionary journey, um, he, he left Philippi uh, and he went uh, because he'd been imprisoned and be, he'd been beaten. And so he left Philippi and so he moved to Thessalonica. And um, as Paul often does when he goes to these cities, he starts uh, sharing the gospel in the Jewish synagogues and starts to, to move upon um, uh, those people. But then what actually happened is um, he found that he was reaching more of the non-Jews. Uh, the Gentile, the, the Greek people here in Thessalonica. And it was kind of surprising. He, he, was, he was speaking to these people and these non-Jews would, would hear this message and would, would want to respond. And um, it was, it's crazy because it, it, there's a double barrier for non-Jews to actually accept it. They, they've got the barrier that you know, Paul's bringing this crazy message about a man who was dead and then came to life again. Uh, but even crazier, it's a Jewish message of a Jewish man who died and came to life again, and we can find life in him. And so um, Paul must have known uh, as he went to these places, as he spoke to these people, that there's more going on. He's a madman, but what is actually happening is the Holy Spirit is actually impacting people and bringing to life the truth um, and, um, yeah, the truth is coming alive in these people. And so um, he's reaching uh, these, you know, he's, he's reaching some of the Jewish people. Um, but majority, there's these non-Jewish people, these Gentiles, these Greeks that this church is being formed with. And uh, in this time, uh, uh, the Jewish people who, who weren't followers of Jesus were getting a bit upset about kind of everything that's going on, this, this Jewish uh, kind of high person hanging out with these Gentiles and creating this community who call themselves kind of Jewish and uh, but they're not really and so the Jewish leaders are, are getting upset they're, they're kind of getting annoyed and they're the, they're the reason why um, uh, they bring kind of some of the, the Gentile people and they bring Paul to this uh, assembly place and they are saying these, these people are, uh, have a different king it actually says it in Acts. If you look into Acts 16, it, it shows the story of of this pro, of what goes on, and uh, they they bring uh, Paul before the assembly and say th- these people are, are ha- they have a different king. They don't call the emperor their king. They have a king whose name is Jesus, and they go around telling people that Jesus is king. This this is not right. This is not on. We should get rid of these these guys. And not you know they're not doing something that is good. And so. Um, the people around, they were getting agitated, they were getting frustrated, they, you know, they, weren't, they didn't think this was okay. This was a bad thing in those days. To call someone else king instead of emperor was not a good move. And so uh, the Christians in the church, they were like, well, Paul, you need to get out of here. This is not good for you. This is not good for your safety. Um, this is you know, this leading to trouble. And so Paul leaves 
and he gets out. Um, but uh, persecution continued to rise in Thessalonica. Persecution continued to maintain in the Christians that stayed there and that community that was there. Uh, the people who would say Jesus is king, they started to get really persecuted. They started to get um, beaten and hurt and in, actually experienced physical persecution, not the kind of persecution that we think today is when we, you know, I was talking to Ivan, but anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> Uh, but real, actual physical beating, like this is, we're, we're getting like hurt because of calling Jesus king. Um, and Paul hears about all this persecution that is going on. And, but yet he also hears reports of these people are getting stronger in God. Despite the persecution, despite all the troubles, these people are actually growing more in faith. These people are actually getting deeper into who God is calling them to be. And so he is so encouraged. He is so encouraged. He's writing this letter out of just absolute encouragement and support for these people who are going through real hardships, but still remain strong in their faith, still remain strengthened by Jesus Christ. And so despite the persecution, they still remain strong. And so he's writing this letter to help them and to encourage them in this process of what we are called to continue to let God shape us. Despite everything that goes around us, despite how the world uh, kind of looks or about how what is impacting our lives personally, we keep need to be uh, changed and transformed by letting God shape us, by letting God mold us and to Work at what it means to be an artist of surrender. To be, go to work in actually letting God shape who we are. And so we're going to read some of this um, in First Thessalonians. Uh, so if you open up, you've got some, some Bible here. Uh, and Ellen, why don't you read for us uh, this, this passage of Scripture uh, instead of me reading it. That would be great. Oh, it's, it says Ephesians, but it is Thessalonians, guys. <laughs> Amazing. Sorry, I am so sorry. That, that, the reference is incorrect. Uh, it, it is uh, 1 Thessalonians 3, 12 to 4, 8 is what we're really reading. <laughs> I changed the scripture, but not the reference. <laughs> nice. That is beautiful. <laughs> Avenger in all these things. 
just as we have already told you beforehand and solemnly warn you. For God did not call us to impurity, but in holiness. Mm. Therefore, whoever rejects this rejects not human authority, but God. He also, also gives us his Holy Spirit to you. Beautiful. So there's, there's two important things I want to kind of pull out in, from the scripture and um, in the book of Thessalonians about what it means to, to live this sanctification, to live it. Um, firstly, that we're called to be imitators, imitators um, of, in, in the scripture, um, Paul saying, you've been imitators of, of Paul and the apostles. You've been imitators of the leaders around you. Um, by through the scriptures and through the teaching, through the example of the, the leaders that are before you. And so we, we're called to be imitators. We're actually called to have people in our lives that we're meant to imitate. If we don't have people in our lives that we're, we can't imitate, then there's something wrong. If we're, we've only got people that, you know, I don't know if I want to be like those people, then there's maybe some, something wrong with the people in our lives. We actually need people in our lives that we're called to imitate, yeah. that, that we can look up and go, I want to be like that person. I want to exempl- exemplify the, the values and culture of, of those people. And so Paul's encouraging and, and, and showing the, uh, the Thessalonians here that you guys have been imitators. You've actually seen the example around you and actually wanted to, to be like us. You've imitated us. You've, you've seen the holiness we live in. You wanted to live that way. You've seen how we've responded to certain situations and, and you've wanted to love in that same way. You, you, you've wanted to actually live in the kind of way we've called you. Even in, in 1 Thessalonians 1, it says, You became imitators of us. And of the Lord, for in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia, in uh, Archaea. (laughs) What Paul here is saying is that uh, because of their imitation of um, what they've seen, they've actually been an example to the people around them. By the way, that they, people have noticed that they are different. That people have noticed that there's something that has changed because they've imitated the great example around them, the example of following Christ. Um, it's like when you, if you go to watch a movie and uh, if you come home from watching a movie and you know, you're talking to someone, they're like, oh, how, how was it? If, if, you, if someone has to, actually has to ask, how was it? It probably was just, you know, okay, you know it was a good movie. But usually if we are like really impacted by it, we'll go home and we'll, first thing we say is, oh my goodness, you need to watch this movie because it was incredible. It was life-changing, amazing. Um, it, it, you know, one of the best movies. When we, when we see something and, and encounter a movie that is incredible, we want to talk about it. Same with anything that we do. If we eat a meal and it's like the best meal of your life, you want to tell people about it. Um, that's probably more like me. Like I'm, I'm not a big movie guy, but I would appreciate a good meal. Uh, I want to tell people about that. And I want to tell pe- people, you should go to this place because it is some good food. Uh, if we, if we, yeah, that's the same with what these people are doing is they were so excited about what Jesus has done. They'd been so excited by the example that was set in, in, in imitating Christ and imitating these apostles that they, they wanted to share that example and share. And people around them, they, they were testifying of this. They, they, you know, it talks about them, that peop, the, the uh, people from Macedonia and the other place, uh, Achaia, uh, they, were, they were sharing of their goodness. And so when we exemplify be an example and imitate 
um, what Christ has done. We can't help but share that. And so when's the last time you were excited to share about what God has done to you, to others? And this is kind of the model we, we push for in our dinner church um, once a fortnight where, where we do dinner church. We, we want to hear your stories of how God is, what God's doing in your life. We want to hear, we actually want to make space for you to be able to share and get excited about what God is doing. And because A, that you know, encourages others, but, uh, but also it looks to others to think, I, I want to imitate that. Mm. We actually create a community of imitating one another. This is not about imitating one another. It's not about being better than them and, and having you know, a higher status. It's we can imitate one another. It's because we all actually have this journey where we're just trying to discover God. And so dinner church is for us to actually show and, and exemplify what God is doing us in, in us so that we can each imitate one another and actually be encouraged and support one another as we are trying to all figure this out. We're all trying to figure out how to follow Jesus in the complexity of everything that we do in life. And so uh, that's what we love about dinner church and what we love and what we're continuing to push into um, in that space is that we want to keep making room for us to be able to share and be open with what we're going through and talk about our doubts, talk about the things that we're struggling with, but also talk about how God is actually leading us through that. And so we're meant to be imitators of the people around us, but also we're meant to be imitators of Christ. And in First Thessalonians 2, it says... For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of the church of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own compatriots as they did from the Jews. That you suffered the same things as Christ. We're just reading the Bible out over here. <laughs> Wrong button. <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> we're called to be imitators of Christ and how we're meant to imitate Christ is we suffer we go through hardship we actually go through difficult times uh, it's easy to be an imitator of Christ when when it's all good things it's like yes I want the, the peace the love the joy the good stuff that's going on that's what I want to imitate and yes we want to imitate those things but it also we're actually also called to imitate the suffering we're actually called to it. Jesus talks about it so often. Um, we're actually meant to be imitators of that suffering. And it's in the suffering that we truly find the, the strength to, that we need in our journey of, of, of surrendering. It's because in this culture today, we fight hard to move away from suffering. We do all that we can to not go, be in pain. We, we do all that we can to ha have this easy, comfortable life. This is our culture is fighting for that. But we need to learn as Christians to, to embrace and, and to figure out what it means to, to, to find Christ in our troubles. To actually face hardships and go, what is God actually doing in me? To face those and go, oh, I, I don't want to just wallow in despair and oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe what I'm going through and just live in that space. We're not called to live in despair. We're called to actually go through that and go, God, what are you doing in me? How are you calling me to rise? How are you calling me to act and imitate Christ as he suffered? How did he respond to suffering? How did he go? He, he came to the Father and said, not, not my will, Father, but yours be done in my life. This is the great example of how it's meant to confront the suffering in our world, the suffering that we personally go through. It's to keep going, God, how are you meant to call me in this? How are you shaping me in this? 
How are you actually molding me to be who you call me to be through all that I am going through? And so we are called to be imitators in our everyday. And as we imitate the people around us and as we imitate Christ, we continue to grow in the journey that he has got us in. We continue to be sanctified and cleansed as we learn the ways of Christ and, and fight through suffering. He, he shows us. This is all in this, this pursuit of being artists of surrender. This artist, this as we kind of fight for surrender in our lives. God, that this is difficult and hard. God, this may not seem like the, the right path, but I just want to keep surrendering to you and learn how you call me to live. Learn how you call me to act. And yeah, this is something about this place as we actually work on the art of surrender. See, surrender is not something that just happens in a moment. We click and we, we now are people of surrender. But it actually is this process of working hard and working hard. If you've done anything in arts or, or music or kind of uh, it's something where you've had to work at it and actually want to be good at it, you have to really put the effort and time. Yeah. And this is the same as we learn surrender. We need to put the time as we let God actually mold us and shape us and be imitators of who he is. And secondly, as we think about sanctification is uh, we are called to be strengthened in holiness. Strengthened in holiness. As I mentioned, sanctification, it's this, this priestly principle, this priestly ritual. And uh, just as the priests were set apart in the temple and had this, this ritual of process of holiness uh, for them to access the temple, uh, now we, we, we no longer have these outward things, these outward washings. We have inner washing. There's an in, inner work that is going on. There's this inner sanctification. There's this inner strengthening we actually are strengthened. See, that, that sanctification process is like now strengthens them so that they can enter that place. So what, what God wants to do is actually cleanse us in our inner world so that we can actually be strengthened to live in holiness. Yeah. Be strengthened to live in holiness. And so our vision for holiness, um, uh, this, and this, this term holy is this, is this rich term to be set apart, to be uh, separate. So we, we see what's going on in our world and our culture, and we actually are called to be set apart from that. We're actually called to be different. We're not called to fit in and, and go with what the culture is saying. We're actually called to be set apart and unique and holy, just as our God is holy and set apart. And so our vision for this is in this prayer that we read just before in um, uh, 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. It says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love, for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And so he may strengthen your hearts in holiness. And so the, the vision for what we're seeing, what Paul here is saying, the why of sanctification is, is, is to be cleansed before God, but also so that we can increase and abound in love for one another. And for all, that we're actually called to, to present and, and represent God in how we love each other and how we actually love each other. And so this love should continue to increase. This is, this is a vision. I, God, I actually want to love the people around me more and more. I want to love the, the people that I interact with in my day. I don't actually just want to kind of think about what I'm doing for myself. I want to uh, increase and abound in love for one another and for all. Just, I mean, just a... 
easy thing, right? Let's just abound in love for all, everyone. Let's just go there. Go, come on, Paul. Let's make something easy for us. Um, we're called to abound in love for, for one another and for all. And this is why we're actually called to live in holiness. It's not just something that we feel nice in. It's not just so that we can come and go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good now. It's actually so that we can abound in love for all. And this is how we continue to see that, that this is actually working in our lives. And if we are, are noticing where we're just kind of keeping to ourselves and, and wanting to live in selfish ways. And I, I, I notice this for myself. I'm not saying that we don't. Our goal is not to be perfect. Our goal is to continue to surrender to God. And so there's times that I'm noticing, like, I'm just... I'm just trying to keep to myself too much. And I, like, I have this introvert nature by personality. I will prefer to just have a one-on-one conversation. I, you know, I, I want to just keep, if, you know, I get an- anxious in certain social settings. It happens, guys. Uh, it happens. Uh, and so I recognize this sometimes and go, okay, God, how do you call me to live in love? How do you call me to live in love? And it's not, you know, I don't, I don't need to be extroverted and excited with everyone. But I just need to bring that to God. I just need to bring that to God. I just need to allow Him to actually speak into my life about how He calls me to live in love and actually let Him build and, and, and strengthen me in holiness. And so what does this look like? In, in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so this is a nice, beautiful list here. This is a kind of, I mean, it's not the list. It's just a nice little list that that Paul here is saying, how we can kind of think about um, what does it look like to live in holiness. We we seek to do good for one another. We're actually thinking about seeking it out. How can I do good for one another? We rejoice always. We actually rejoice in what's going on. We, we are filled with joy. We pray without ceasing. We pray and continually are seeking out God for what he has for our lives. And we, we give thanks for all circumstances. And so this is a, a list of, I mean, it's, it's something to aspire to. It's something to actually look to and go, I want to be that person. I want to be someone who, who seeks to do good to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks for all. I want to be that person. And I mean, a great thing is to actually grab this kind of thing. This is about grabbing scripture and, and declaring it over our lives. It's, it's to, to think about this. Grab this in the morning. And you know, I've written it here for us so that you can grab it in the morning and, and just pray this thing over you. Pray this, this God, I, I help me to, to seek to do good today. Help me to rejoice always. Help me to pray without ceasing. Help me to seek you in my decisions. And help me to give thanks in all circumstances. This is us presenting ourselves and let it be us be strengthened in holiness. But then how, where do we get this from? Do we get this from kind of building up our own strength and just doing it? Nah. <laughs> uh, in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 23, it says, May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will do this the god of peace himself 
will sanctify us. The God of peace himself, sorry, <laughs> will sanctify us. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, all right, yeah. Um, <laughs> God of peace. Uh, uh, <laughs> the God of peace himself will sanctify you entirely. As I mentioned before, our, our goal is not perfection. Our goal is surrender. It means that we actually need to come and open up our lives to God. Open up who we are to Him. To actually see strength in holiness. We want to be holy people who you know, live morally right and, and have a good ethic. Then we just need to come openly before God. The goal is not to just do it ourselves and work at it and be better. Our goal is to come before God and in that He shapes us. In that continual place of surrender, in that continual place of open-heartedness, there has been so much that God has shown me in about myself. In that place of just sitting silently before Him, there's been things that He's gone, Joel, just let me lead you. I'm here for you. And just even this last week, I had a moment of you know, just coming to God. Um, and just wanting him to speak, and I, you know, this 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 thought came to my mind of I'm I'm here for you, and just that thought alone like brought strength to me that God was was here for me. It's what I needed in that moment. I'm here for you, like I'm I'm not abandoning you. You're not alone in this. I'm here for you. This is what happens as we come and open up ourselves. We don't always just get this massive revelation. We just get simple words like, I'm here for you. And his presence captures us. And so this is what it means to actually live in this place of sanctification where we're strengthened by who he is. He strengthens us in holiness. We are strengthened. He does the work in us as we open up our lives. And, and um. Uh, in, in this prayer, and may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness. This word strengthen uh, is the Greek word sterizo. Sterizo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really proficient in Greek. Dave, is that right? Sterizo? <laughs> you know Greek. Come on, Dave. Don't, don't hang us out to dry. <laughs> He, he, he translated the whole book of Ephesians from, from the original Greek into English. So <laughs> That was your exam. That's okay. Sterizo means to establish. It's like a foundation. It's a foundation work that goes into place. And so when he says... Uh, may you be strengthened. It's this establishing in our hearts of holiness. This is establishing that, that God actually wants to do. A work that he, he builds a foundation and establishes something that um, maybe isn't there, but he actually is working and it's almost like this building blocks of foundation that is taking place as we open up our lives to God and actually do a work of him establishing this in us, a holiness that we can't just work at, but he needs to establish in us. And so we continue to learn this art of surrender as we open up our lives and let God establish holiness in us. It's like as we 
think about surrender, it's like the, the potter's hands and that kind of the imagery of the potter. Uh, rich throughout the old, you know, particularly in the book of Jeremiah, the potter and his clay crafting that, that piece of clay, molding it into the shape of what he's wanting it to be. And this is what we do as we open up ourselves to God. We actually are letting him craft it. Yes. And so often what we're doing is we are wanting to craft what we're doing. We want to craft our lives. And I, I want this to look my way. I want to piece it by the way that I want. I want to mold my life in how I see fit. Instead of actually opening up our lives and, God, what are you calling me? How are you calling me to live in? And allowing space in our every day. We want to shape what life looks like. We want to mold it for ourselves. But God continue, continues to call us to let him be that potter. Give our lives over to him. Let him craft. And the, the beautiful thing about pottery is um, it's, it's both an art form. It's both something beautiful as someone can craft, but it's also functional. It's something that we use. We can use in our, our you know, what we eat on, in our cups, in, in a flower vase. It's functional, but it's also beautiful and unique. Every piece is different. Every kind of piece that is formed is is slightly unique and different. There's something artistry about it, but it's also functional. And so God calls us to, to see the beauty of our lives, how he has, has crafted us, but he also calls us to live in that functional way of, of just surrendering and placing all we are before him and letting him use us in the way that he has called us, letting him actually give us function. Give us the form that we're called to live in. Give us that, that idea of who we're called to be. We actually need to let him craft that. Not craft that for ourselves. Not think, I want to craft how, what, how I'm formed, what function I have. But keep opening up our lives to let him craft that in us so that he can be the true potter of our lives. And that's at our heart in, in this pursuit of sanctification as we let him cleanse us to actually let him form us into who we're called to be that beautiful image of a potter i want us to be left with that image god am i am i letting you craft me or am i trying to craft myself and and there are all of us there are areas that we're trying to craft ourselves let's let's not kid ourselves when none of us have got it where i have certainly not got it perfect there are areas of my life where I'm trying to craft myself. But we just need to keep being open to God and going, God, how can I let you shape me and make me into that beautiful piece of art that you want? It's, it's for you. It's for you. And so are we letting him kind of do that in our lives? Are we letting the word of God shape us in our everyday are we, letting, are we having a space where we actually let God speak to us in our everyday? Are we, are we seeking Him for wisdom and guidance in, in making decisions? Again, this is not about perfection and just kind of the, the list of things we need to do. This is about surrender. Yeah. And so what surrender looks like looks slightly different to each of us, but there's general themes of what's in the Bible. We need to seek Him through His Word. We need to seek Him as we seek His voice, seek His face. And so 
I want us to be encouraged tonight. I want us to be encouraged to actually seek and, and go after the craft of surrender, to go after that art, to, to believe, God, I, I want to pursue you with everything. I want to let you transform me into the person you call me to be. I want us to, to, to kind of have faith in us, to believe that God is doing a work in us. This is not about what I can do. This is about just continuing to submit it to God and letting him form the very person that I am. Form that and do something in us. And so this is something that, yeah, I, I believe God wants to ignite in faith in us Amen. as we seek yeah. Him.